What's up, divers? Welcome into the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on my main platform being Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, YouTube at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, even TikTok at Deep Dive FF. And as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com. With that being said, let's get into the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into another episode of Deep Dive Fantasy Football. So, the draft has concluded. We are going to talk about rookies because it's that time of year. Everybody's getting into their rookie drafts. I've actually completed one of my rookie drafts in one of the dynasty leagues that I run with maybe some of you that are listening on Twitter, or at least that's where I started it. Obviously, I run it on Sleeper because that's the best the best place to be, best platform, easiest to to use, especially for commissioners at least. And I'm pretty much the commissioner of almost every single league I'm in, except I think two of the 11. So yeah, I, I'm all about Sleeper. I love Sleeper. But anyways, we're going to be getting into the rookies. And I'm going to talk about my quick rankings of the rookies, as well as late values that I like, or as some of you may call them, sleepers, and then a couple guys in like the top of the second who I'm usually taking pretty much, who, I, who I'm who i finding on my team's most common, and also some just draft talk in general because that draft was crazy. But we're going to start with the ranking of the rookies. We're going to start with the wide receiver position, and for me, this wide receiver class could be ranked all over the place, but I am very much in the minority in terms of where I have certain people. Now, my wide receiver one is Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson was my wide receiver one going into the draft. I had him as my wide receiver one, just overall talent. Even after landing spot, I think he actually landed in a pretty good spot. Whether or not he's the number one, whether Elijah Moore is the number one or Garrett Wilson is the number one, they're going to be the number one and two. And Corey Davis is probably not going to be much of a threat in the future. If he does any damage this year to Garrett Wilson's numbers, it won't be much longer after that. And you've got Garrett Wilson, you've got Elijah Moore, you've got Zach Wilson, and I've got Brees Hall. You've got a solid, solid, probably like middle pack, middle of the pack offensive line. So that's good. It's probably going to get better. Zach Wilson hopefully is going to take a step forward. This offense is going to come into its own and all of a sudden you've got two wide receivers pretty much and a run game so that's going to look really good and Garrett Wilson could easily become the number one over Elijah Moore if you're looking at pre-draft grades I would have Garrett Wilson's pre-draft grade in terms of like before they were drafted into the NFL much much higher than Elijah Moore I liked Garrett Wilson way more than I liked Elijah Moore now yes Moore has proven it already in the NFL at least for a short amount of games Garrett Wilson hasn't done it yet, but I believe he will. I don't think that will be a problem. It's no concern to me. So Garrett Wilson is my number one. I like the landing spot. I'm not thrilled with it. I would have much rather Garrett Wilson went to Atlanta or Tennessee or uh, that's probably it or Green Bay, but I like this spot. Now, speaking of Tennessee, that is my wide receiver two, Traylon Burks. The fact that A.J. Brown is gone, there is... It's just ridiculous. There is nobody to throw the ball to. The amount of targets available in that offense is pretty much, like, limitless. Traylon Burks is going to get at least, at least 80, 
85 targets in his rookie season, which for the type of guy he is, that's going to be a decent amount for his rookie season. And even if you look at A.J. Brown, he wasn't heavily targeted as a rookie, but we could tell how talented he was, and he started taking off from there. I think we could see something similar with Traylon Burks. Now, he is nowhere near what A.J. Brown was, whether you're talking about as a prospect of a wide receiver or what I actually do think he will do in the NFL. I don't think Burks will get to that level, but he does hold the potential. And because he holds the potential, because of the available targets, because Malik Willis is lined up behind Ryan Tannehill, so when Tannehill eventually goes, hopefully Malik Willis will be a at least decent quarterback for Burks, so he might have a more stable quarterback situation than maybe the guys in Atlanta or Carolina, any other place that needs a quarterback right now, pretty much Washington. So I do like that spot for Burks. He pretty much walked into an offense that's going to probably suit his strength as well. So that's why Traylon Burks is my number two. And then we've got Drake London. Why do I have Drake London at three? Because Drake London is one or two for pretty much everybody. I would say just above 50% of people have Drake London as their number one. And then everybody else, it seems like, has him as number two. Drake London for me is number three. The reason Drake London is number three is because I'm not completely sold on him as a prospect. You guys know I was not nearly as high as everybody else was on Drake London. Just because he landed in a nice spot, I'm not going to just change that and totally forget about my worries for Drake London. His floor, and as well as for Traylon Burks, but I think Traylon Burks' floor is a little bit higher. Drake London's floor is probably the lowest out of the top, like, six, seven wide receivers that were taken in this draft. Drake London's floor is, is probably the lowest. And that's very concerning. I would have expected Atlanta to take somebody that's more athletic or faster or something that would pair nicer with Kyle Pitts. Now it seems like they're just trying to grab big, long guys, which, okay, I get it. And yes, Drake London could end up being a Mike Evans type receiver, but people forget that Mike Evans is not slow. He's actually got decent speed. He's got good long speed because of his size, his stride, but he's very athletic for his size. Drake London is not much of an athlete. That's why he did not run the 40 at the combine. I guarantee you if Drake London ran at the combine, at the combine, he would not have been the first wide receiver drafted. He would not have been the first wide receiver drafted by Atlanta if he ran at the combine because he would have ran in the late four sixes and then Atlanta probably would end up taking Jamison Williams or Garrett Wilson, which is what I think they should have done. But anyways, that's why Drake Lennon is at three for me. Now, he does have an immense ceiling. That's definitely there. That's possible. But also, we got to think, what's his quarterback situation looking like? Do you believe in Desmond Ritter? Most of you probably don't. If you don't believe in Desmond Ritter, well, they're probably going to give him a shot a year or two before they move off of him unless they have a horrible draft pick next year, which could be the case, and maybe they'll just grab one of these top-tier rookie quarterbacks in next year's rookie class, which that then that's awesome. But that still lies upon Drake Lennon actually panning out and actually being good because you've got two routes for success or two possible routes, one for success, one for failure for Drake Lennon. You have the Nikhil Harry route, a.k.a. the Laquan Treadwell route, or you have the Mike Evans route so it could go either way because if you're even if you even if you just watch highlights drake london he's got great hands he's got great body control he's good at 50 50 contested balls but he's never open and he he's a good route runner he's a good route runner and in college 
Most of the time, he's not that open. There's usually guys on his hip. If there's usually guys on his hip in college, that's a problem. And if he doesn't find a way to separate himself and create better distance and give himself more cushion and a quarterback more cushion in the NFL, and you're dealing with much more talented corners, much more athletic corners, bigger corners, stronger corners, it's going to be a a lot more difficult. And you're not going to just be able to play, you know, the 50-50 ball game all the time with with NFL corners. It's not that easy. So, and that's part of the reason why Mike Evans is so amazing. Devontae Adams is so amazing because they're able to do it so consistently in the NFL, which is not common. So that's why I have Drake Lennon at three. Then at four, I have Chris Olave. Chris Olave versus Jamison Williams is a good debate for me. I see both sides of the coin. I go Chris Olave. I had him graded slightly higher or Actually, I don't think I did. I had him and Jamison Williams right next to each other. But I like Chris Olave more because of the situation. Because of the situation in New Orleans, he's going to be the number one in the future. That's what they traded up so much to get him for. He's. It's not just Jamison Williams who had a team trade up significant draft capital to get him. It was the same thing for Chris Olave, except Chris Olave is going to go to a successful organization while Jamison Williams is not. Chris Olave is going to right now a quarterback in Jameis Winston who produces fantasy wide receivers at a much more successful rate than Jared Goff. And you might be pointing to the Rams, but let's not forget that that was all Sean McVay. Jameis Winston, because he throws so many picks, because he's risky and stuff like that, it makes it easy for him to give fantasy points to wide receivers. So that's good for Chris Olave. And then once they find a replacement for Jameis, when it's probably going to be a rookie from next year's class... That's going to be looking good for Chris Olave. He's a good route runner. He's athletic. He's fast. He's just a very good wide receiver who I like a lot. And that's why he is at four for me. Then Jamison Williams at five. Also, Jamison Williams, you may not be getting half of a rookie year from him. He might not start right away. So you got to keep that in mind as well. And then I've got George Pickens at six. George Pickens was ranked a little bit higher before we got landing spots on all these guys and figured out draft capital. George Pickens, to me, is somebody you're going to want to hold. You're going to draft him and hold him. Claypool, Deontay Johnson, one of those guys is not going to be there. They would not have went and got George Pickens in the second round as high as they did, along with then following up with Calvin Austin later in the draft. I think it was the fourth round. They're not going to be doubling down on wide receivers that high in a draft if they plan on keeping Claypool, if they plan on keeping Deontay Johnson, keeping Pat Fryermuth, keeping all of these guys. It's not going to happen. One of those guys is gone. And if I have to make a guess, it's probably going to be Claypool. Claypool is contradictory to what everyone believes. Not good at winning 50-50 balls. I'm sorry. Like, just look at the stats. Literally pull the stats. Claypool is not good at winning 50-50 balls. It looks like he would be. He should be. He gets himself in position to do so. He's got good body control, but he just doesn't have the hands to pull it down. Consistently, he gets his hands on those balls and drops them every single time or almost every single time. And he doesn't create separation. He's always got somebody on him. Is he athletic? He's decently athletic, but he's not fast. He's not twitchy. He doesn't have great acceleration. And he's not winning the 50-50 balls. So what what is he even doing? He had one huge game, and everybody fell in love with him. Oh, Mapletron, Mapletron. If he, you took out that one game, 
Chase Claypool is not being talked about any more than we could say. I'm trying to think of a, a rookie that people liked and then kind of just lost steam. He wouldn't be talked about any more than a man. What's a good example? Not Jalen Rager. That's that's insulting, but he would just not be looked at the same. You get what I'm trying to say. I can't pull an example out of the air right now. Maybe it's because I'm recording this at 3.30 in the morning. Possibly. That could be a contributing factor. But that's why I think George Pickens is going to be a hold. He's very good. I like him a lot. He actually is good at what Claypool is supposed to be good at. What everybody thinks Claypool's good at, that's what George Pickens is actually, in reality, good at. Winning those 50-50 balls. And being a clutch red zone guy, just going up and grabbing it. That's George Pickens. And he could end up being the best wide receiver in this class. And we know the Steelers are good at drafting wide receivers. And now he's got Kenny Pickett, who I think is going to be a pretty good quarterback. Pretty decent quarterback. Then I've got Jahan Dotson at wide receiver. What is this now? Seven. So I've got Jahan Dotson at seven. He was a first-round wide receiver. That matters. He's got the draft capital. He's a good route runner. He's explosive. He's just overall a good prospect and he's pairing up with Terry McLaurin I've also seen a couple people floating out possible Terry McLaurin wants to be traded vibes I don't think that that will impact Dotson that much because I think McLaurin and Dotson is just going to be as fruitful for Dotson's fantasy points as just Dotson by himself because Terry McLaurin will take pressure off Dotson will face the number two and he'll be very good and there's still plenty of targets to go to Dotson if McLaurin's gone he'll get more targets but he'll face tougher coverage be less efficient so I'm not really worried about McLaurin staying or leaving in terms of affecting Dotson too much so I like him there Carson Wentz should be decent enough for him and if they find somebody else maybe Sam Howell maybe possibly Sam Howell could be the future I'm not going to just write Sam Howell off I actually liked him more than a lot of other people and I was surprised that it took till the fifth round for him to get drafted but I I thought he was going to go in like the third or second round but Jahan Dotson pretty good wide receiver pretty decent landing spot then we've got Sky Moore Sky Moore versus Christian Watson that seems like another debate right? That seems like one of those debates. We've got like the Garrett Wilson versus Drake London, the Chris Olave versus Jamison Williams, and then we've got the Sky Moore versus Christian Watson. I go with Sky Moore because of a higher floor. Christian Watson has a higher ceiling because he's more athletic. He's bigger prototypes as the outside wide receiver that just is an alpha that just dominates, right? He prototypes as that. He could be that. He could develop into that. Sky Moore is way safer he's a much better route runner he that's pretty much it he's a better route runner he's more polished and he'll probably see more targets and he's tied to a hall of fame quarterback which yes christian watson is as well but we know that it's different with aaron Rodgers. he does not typically like to trust rookies i don't see why that would change maybe it does probably won't think about it he didn't trust jordy nelson when he was a rookie, Devontae Adams when he was a rookie, Randall Cobb when he was young. there He's had so many good wide receivers that just he, he didn't throw the ball to when they were young. Why would that change now? Especially with somebody like Christian Watson, who's not a polished guy, who's not refined. And we don't even know if Aaron Rodgers is going to start going to uh, all the camps they got going on right now that are voluntary. If he's not going to those and not starting to build rapport with this rookie, he's definitely not going to be thrown to the rookie too often during the regular season. 
So that's why I like Sky Moore over Christian Watson. And Sky Moore has a decent, a decent ceiling. If he ends up taking over as the number one wide receiver, if they don't keep Juju after this one-year deal, and then obviously he's going to take over over MBS and Miko Hardman. So it's possible Skymore becomes the number one there. And then we've got somebody that I like a lot, David Bell. You guys know I love David Bell. David Bell versus John Mechie is another good one for me. I like John Mechie's landing spot. I like his availability for targets, and I like how he fits into that offense. David Bell is not that much different than Donovan Peoples-Jones, in my opinion. And it's funny, because the Browns seem to grab my sleeper wide receivers. In Donovan Peoples-Jones' draft, he was ranked outside of everybody's top 10 wide receivers in that draft. He was wide receiver like 7 or 8 for me in that class. And if you look at his efficiency metrics, which, yes, he hasn't had a crazy amount of volume. I know the efficiency will drop when he gets more and more volume, but he has been very efficient. He has been very good for the team. My comparison for him coming out was Allen Robinson. David Bell's not too far off from that. Donovan Peoples-Jones was not an elite athlete. He had some good long speed, but he wasn't quick twitch. He wasn't very fast in and out of breaks. He didn't have huge acceleration. He had good body control. He was a good route runner. He was decently, not polished, but decently like prepared to come out and run routes and create separation. He was decent with it. But he's not a super athlete, but he knows how to catch the ball. He knows how to contort his body. And very much all of those things are applicable to David Bell. And now they've got Deshaun Watson. So I like David Bell a lot. It'll be interesting to see where they move these wide receivers around, and hopefully they don't draft Will Fuller, or not draft, but hopefully they don't sign Will Fuller just for David Bell's sake. And I liked him a lot, but all of a sudden he's being drafted where where I was already drafting David Bell before landing spots, like where I placed him. That's where he's actually being drafted now because he's with Deshaun Watson. If he went anywhere else, he would be such a good sleeper. But unfortunately, that's not the case. And then John Mechie, a good speed guy. He could take over the Brandon Cook's role. Brandon Cook can't be for long left in the NFL. He's got to be done soon. So John Mechie will probably take that role. And even before Brandon Cooks is, is gone, John Mechie could be productive across from Brandon Cooks. It depends whether or not he slots over Nico Collins in their depth chart. So... Those are the main wide receivers. That's how I rank them. Running backs, super easy, super standard. Brees Hall, Kenneth Walker, Rashad White, and James Cook. And then quarterback for me is Pickett. Obviously, everyone pretty much agrees on that just because of draft capital alone. Then I've got Ritter, Coral, and Willis. That's the order for me. Malik Willis is fourth. Desmond Ritter is first of the later taken quarterbacks. I think it's most likely that he plays the earliest I think Mariota will probably play four to six games before Desmond Ritter comes in. Ritter has Kyle Pitts. He has Drake London. He doesn't have a good offensive line. He doesn't really have a good run game, but he can run a little bit. He's got a decent arm. He'll have decent opportunity. So it's possible some stuff goes down and happens for Ritter in a positive light for fantasy purposes. So that's why he's my number two after Pickett. Then I've got Coral. He is... Also probably going to take over around week four through six as the starter for Carolina. He runs the ball as well, so he's getting you fantasy points in that manner. He's got DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall. If he becomes something, a decent offensive line, maybe even better than decent now with the addition of Akem Aquanu. Aquanu? 
Aquanu? I, I always forget. I don't know why I can never remember, but I think it's Aquanu. So that's a great addition to that offensive line. So I like Matt Coral. He intrigues me. And then I've got Malik Willis. Malik Willis, Ryan Tannehill's contract makes it very hard to move off of him anytime soon. Unless they're able to trade him, find a trade partner for Ryan Tannehill, which with next year's quarterback class, that's probably going to be pretty difficult. So Malik Willis is probably sitting for two years. That's why Malik Willis is fourth out of all the quarterbacks for me, as well as the fact that I was not too impressed with him as a prospect. I love him as a person. He seems like a great guy. And a lot of times I like to bump people up because of that. And maybe he ends up being the best quarterback from this class. Possible. Yeah, 100%. But I could say the same thing for Matt Corral. I could say the same thing for Desmond Ritter. I could say the same thing for Kenny Pickett. And actually, somebody we'll talk about later, I actually believe before draft capital took effect and before landing spot took effect, I thought could be the best quarterback in this class, which you guys probably know who I'm talking about if you listen to prior podcasts. Then let's talk about tight ends. Trey McBride. Trey McBride to me is obviously tight end one. And after that, who cares? After that, who cares? I'm not really too concerned with the rest of the tight ends in this class. Is there some potential here and there? Yeah, but no more than there is every year on these random tight ends that pretty much... 99% of the time become nothing. Something I wanted to talk about from the draft was how the quarterbacks are dropping where they are actually a solid pick, where they're actually values now in fantasy. Because when you can get in super flex leagues, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral, Malik Willis at the middle of the second, back of the second, sometimes top of the third, that is an immense value. And they are all all just because of the mere fact that they are quarterbacks with opportunity, all valuable picks where they're be, being taken right now. In one draft, I've got Justin Fields, I've got Baker Mayfield in a Superflex Dynasty League. I'm pretty set on wide receiver. I've got two good running backs, and I've got a decent tight end. What I'm struggling with is quarterback. I've got Baker and Justin Fields, and that's it. And in terms of notable guys, I still got other names, but nothing notable. So I took Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral. I took them almost back-to-back with Malik Willis still on the board. So I followed the exact rankings I just gave you guys. Pickett was gone. I took Desmond Ritter in the middle of the second and then followed up right behind it, traded up for Matt Corral in the middle of the second. And also I kind of like doing that because they're in my division because I'm a Bucks fan. So, you know, sometimes you can do stuff like that. It makes fantasy fun and it gives yourself a win-win situation because I look at it this way. If my Desmond Ritter and Matt Corral fantasy football picks end up being busts, then that's really good for the Buccaneers because that means that those franchises have a horrible quarterback and it's going to set them back a little bit, at least for a year or two until they get a new one. And if those fantasy picks end up being awesome and those players are really good, while, oh man, these teams might have found a franchise quarterback or at least a really good deadly quarterback that makes it harder to beat them in my division at least I'm profiting in fantasy so that's also something that I like but regardless of of that I would still have it ranked the same way but I just wanted to say how the quarterbacks are dropping so far in these super flex drafts where they're actually all values right now in my opinion now let's talk about late round values in general I've got wide receiver Danny Gray as one of them he was a third round wide receiver just barely I think he was the last pick of the third round for the 49ers he's got speed He's got yards after catch ability. He fits their system 
And we've got questions of whether or not Debo's going to be there. If Debo's not there, you're looking at Danny Gray and Brandon Ayuk as probably wide receivers one and two. So he's got a very good, very good possibility and shot at becoming fantasy relevant, even pretty early on. And you're getting him in the fourth round in most rookie drafts. And sometimes he's going undrafted. So I like that one a lot. Wide receiver Khalil Shakir. He is a talented wide receiver that lasted longer than he should have in the NFL draft. He is in a crowded wide receiver room with Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder, Stephon Diggs, two tight ends, and Dawson Knox, OJ Howard. And you're going to need patience if you draft Khalil Shakir. Throw him in a taxi, or if you have a really deep bench, then he'll just be sitting there for a while. But he's a talented guy who could possibly become something for them. Justin Ross is another one. This is talent-based strictly. He's got zero draft capital to his name. He's got zero rookie year prospects because you've got Sky Moore, MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Miko Hardman, and Travis Kelsey, and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire if they finally decide to start throwing the ball to him, which is what his best skill set is. So I don't know why they still haven't refused to do that. But because of that, Justin Ross is like, either going undrafted or back of the fourth round usually. Sometimes somebody will sneak into the third and grab him. But I love the talent. The guy had the, I always forget how to say his whole spinal situation, but he had something wrong with his spine and had like some degenital fusion or something like that. But then he was cleared to play, and he did play, and he wasn't too bad, but he messed up his foot and played on a fractured foot the entire season, and that's why he wasn't very explosive. He was like four to six weeks recovered from surgery when he went into the combine, so he didn't even have that much time to get right after the surgery with his foot, and he didn't look that explosive, and now people are still worried about the spine issues and whatnot, so medically, that's why he dropped out, because if he was 100% healthy. He could have been the number one wide receiver in this class. He really could have. And as a rookie in college, or as a freshman, I should say, he was balling out with Trevor Lawrence. Balling out. So I like Justin Ross a lot as a prospect, as a player. But because he has zero draft draft capital, and because he's not going to help you at all in his rookie year because of the wide receiver room, he's a long-term hold, which doesn't cost much and you don't get your hopes up, but could become something. Then I also like wide receiver Tyquan Thornton for the Patriots. He's very tall, very fast, good size, good speed, and the opportunity is there. It's an open wide receiver room with Mac Jones. Wide receiver Vilas Jones, everybody likes to crap on the guy because he's about to be 25 years old and he just got drafted. And ha ha, he's like older than DJ Moore or barely younger. He's pretty much the same age as Chris Godwin. Like, I get it. It's funny, but where you're getting him in the draft and because of the fact that the Bears drafted Vilas Jones over David Bell, which I thought was egregious, absolutely egregious, but because they did so, hopefully they've got plans for him. Hopefully they're going to do something for him. And he could be the number two behind, excuse me, behind Darnell Mooney. That's very, very possible. So if they're scheming him plays, he could be decent. So he's worth a late round flyer. Then I've got two quarterbacks for you. Sam Howell's one. He could take the job from Carson at some point this year or next, and he dropped farther than he should have. And I will say this. If Sam Howell does take over in Washington, look out for De'Ami Brown. That was his guy in college. It was Daz Newsom, De'Ami Brown. De'Ami Brown was very good in college with Sam Howell. And if Sam Howell took over 
in Washington for the Commanders, Deami Brown could end up being pretty decent as a third wide receiver there with Jahan Dotson and Terry McLaurin, especially if McLaurin ends up getting traded. That's who you should be looking at. If McLaurin gets traded, don't think of, oh, does this make Jahan Dotson way better? No. Like I said, I'm keeping him pretty much the same, but it does make Deami Brown way better. And then lastly, we've got quarterback Carson Strong. He's the one that I was saying, if all else was equal, draft capital, landing spot, all that, I wouldn't be surprised if Carson Strong was the best quarterback in this class. Right now, he is sitting behind Jalen Hurts. With an injury to Jalen Hurts, or if Jalen Hurts ends up playing horribly, there's so many great weapons to work with. You've got Devonta Smith, you've got A.J. Brown, you've got Dallas Goddard, you've got a good stable of running backs, a decent offensive line. It's looking good. Looking very good. And the last Carson that played for Philly, at least early on in his career, was pretty pretty darn good as well. Also, without the shoulder injury, he might have been drafted a lot higher. Well, he wasn't drafted, but he probably would have been drafted like fourth, fifth round if he didn't have that shoulder injury. So he's a long-term hold with potential to be played early because we're talking about injury or whatnot. So I like him. He's like pretty much the last flyer. And then the the middle round guys that I really like, not middle round, but like early second round guys that I find myself taking if they're there for me is David Bell, John Mechie, and Rashad White. Those are the three guys that I'm usually taking early in the second round. Those are the guys I like a lot. And yeah, that's pretty much what I got for this podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in. I appreciate it. Let me know any questions you guys got. I'm not super active on Twitter anymore. Like I'm there. I just don't post that much just because that's how my life's going right now. I've got a lot of stuff outside of fantasy football going on. But if you guys are in leagues with me, you know I'm active. I'm a commissioner, so I take care of all my leagues, that's for sure. And have a good weekend. What is today? I'll be releasing this on Wednesday, so have a good rest of your week. If you're listening to it on a weekend, have a good weekend. Remember, drop a rating, drop a review, let a friend know about the podcast. Appreciate you guys. Have a good one. Peace. Thank you.